Well, good morning. Um, I love hearing hope stories like Christie's. Don't you guys appreciate that? It's so encouraging um, to be reminded that God is still moving and God is still changing our lives. Amen. Well, in case you have not figured it out, we um, love being in church together. We're so excited that you are here at Hope City Church today. Um, and if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name is Andrea Isaacs, and my husband Jason Isaacs pastors Hope City Church. Um, and you guys are here in this location at South Louisville, uh, but Hope City Church is actually uh, one church in two locations. We have a second location in Shepherdsville. Will you guys help me welcome our Shepherdsville location right now? We are so glad um, just to be together in church, um, but the reality is wherever you are listening to this message, however you're listening to this message, we are so thankful um, that you are a part of Hope City Church in some way and that we get to spend a few moments together talking about uh, the Advent season. Um, Advent is something that uh, has been practiced uh, as far back as 480 AD. And even though we might not know the exact time, we know that a lot of our uh, Christmas traditions come from Advent traditions. Advent just means a word um, coming or looking forward to the arrival of someone important, a notable person. And so for us as believers, uh, we take that to mean Jesus Christ, that there is an excitement about the coming of Jesus Christ. And we're taking these four weeks and setting them apart intentionally because if we're being honest, while we may include Jesus in some of our Christmas festivities, man, it sure is hard sometimes to keep him at the center when we're distracted by uh, shopping and office parties and ugly Christmas sweaters. And um, so we wanted um, to be able to celebrate together as a church family these few weeks because Christmas is a celebration, right? It's a massive celebration, actually. Uh, but if we're not careful, it becomes a celebration of consumerism and materialism as opposed to celebrating the fact that Jesus loved you enough, he loved me enough to leave heaven and to come to earth and to be born as a human child, um, to die on a cross and uh, to, to help us have salvation for our lives. And we as believers um, believe that he is coming again one day. Amen? And so um, Advent, with its traditions, uh, carries a couple of significant themes. And so each week, we've been looking at those different themes. The first week was about um, hope or expectation. And Pastor Jason just talked about the idea that when we have Jesus in our lives, that we should live hoping and believing and expecting that this life can be good even though it might be, bring troubles at different times, um, when we have Jesus, we believe that he makes things better. Amen. We also have talked about faith. And last week, we looked at um, Mary finding out that she was going to be the mother of Jesus and how she wrestled with asking questions and that it's okay in our faith journey to wrestle with questions. Uh, Mary wanted to know, how can this happen? But last week we said, it's okay to wonder how God can do something. It's not okay to wonder if God can do something because we believe that with God, nothing is impossible. 
And Pastor Jason will be back next weekend um, talking about peace um, at all of our Christmas services. Uh, And so we know that Advent starts with expectation. uh, And then there is a faith element to our journey. And it ends with peace. But today, we're going to talk about joy. And I think that um, we can say with certainty that joy is something that we all desire to have more of. Do you feel that way today? Joy is something that we're seeking, that we want. But it seems like circumstances often work to rob us of joy. Um, They work against being able to find a deep fulfillment. Anybody else with me today willing to admit that sometimes it feels like we're on a treadmill, not making much progress, right? Maybe it's a job that isn't quite paying the bills. And no matter how much effort or time or energy you're spending in that job, it seems like you're trying to move forward, but you're staying right in the same place. Maybe for some of us, there's a difficulty in your marriage and you, you keep raising your expectations and, and, and desiring to see something spark and then nothing changes. Or maybe, maybe you're waiting on a relationship and you think that that relationship is going to be the answer to filling your life with joy only to be disappointed over and over again. But the truth is we're all seeking joy. The problem is that we're seeking it in the wrong places. Some of us are overspending in order to feel fulfilled. Some of us are overeating to find pleasure or joy. Some of us are overcommitting. Our lives and our calendars are filled to the max, but there just still seems to be something missing. And what I want to remind us of today is that the best place to find joy is in Jesus. Let me say it like this. Don't seek joy. Seek Jesus and you'll find the joy that you're looking for. You know, presents are a big part of Christmas. I've got a beautiful present right here. Um, we, we all admit that, that this is a big part of, of how we celebrate and um, recognize that, that Christmas is upon us. Um, but how many of you have ever gotten a gift that absolutely did not live up to the hype or the expectation that you had in your mind? Okay. Um, when I, this is a true story. When I was 16 years old, I had recently gotten um, my driver's license, and so, you know, I'm kind of learning my way around a car and the road, and um, true story, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I um, was leaving a friend's house one night, and I hit a really bad, like, curb, and I popped two tires, and uh, Christmas was about a week and a half away, and I woke up on Christmas morning, and there were four new tires under the tree for me, and that was it. That was Christmas for Andrea that year, true story. Um, So, you know, uh, I was not super excited about that present. My parents thought it was a fantastic present. Uh, So we can all maybe relate to what it feels like to be expecting something, to have a present. Um, Maybe it's in a certain kind of box and it's that place that you love. Maybe it's a little blue box, the color of Tiffany's, and you're really hoping. And then you open it up and it's a pair of socks or, you know, whatever. (laughs) You're like, oh, wow. We've all experienced that probably to some degree or another. Um, We love presents. uh, But today I want to talk about a different kind of presence. I want to talk about the presence of God. 
And the simplest definition of the presence of God is just when God is present. And depending on how you were raised or your spiritual background, you may think um, that God is off somewhere, maybe high up in the sky, completely distant, completely uninterested in your life, but that's just not true. The Bible teaches us over and over again that God is present in our very lives. He's a personal God, and he has been present from the very beginning, from the very, very beginning. So Christmas is the perfect time to talk about God's presence because up until Jesus, God's presence was always kind of out there somewhere. But after Jesus came, it changed. Everything changed for you and for me. Let me explain what I mean. Um, I need to give us a little bit of, of biblical terminology, though. So if you've got your sermon guide, maybe a pen or something that you can grab to jot some notes down, I want to give us a few definitions because we're going somewhere this morning and I want us to really recognize the weight and, and the importance of it. Um, but the first kind of presence that the Bible mentions is omnipresence. Omnipresence. Maybe you've heard that word before, maybe not. Um, but the omnipresence, it just means God is everywhere, whether you perceive him to be or not. And this is encouraging because sometimes we do feel like God is so, so far away. And maybe just by reminding ourselves, you know what, God is omnipresent. Um, it, it can be something that can kind of lift our faith or lift our hearts and spirits to remember uh, that God is never silent, even if it feels like that. Um, he, he's never off and away. He is always present. So omnipresence just means God is everywhere all of the time. Omnipresent. The second type of presence um, is the indwelling presence. The indwelling presence. And the indwelling presence, it means exactly what it sounds like. It means God dwelling inside. God dwelling in me or inside of you. Um, if you're a believer, if you follow Jesus, um, Scripture tells us that Jesus, God, his spirit, his presence can actually be inside um, believers. It is inside believers. And so indwelling presence just means God is in me all of the time. All right. So omnipresence is uh, God is everywhere all the time. Indwelling presence is God is in me all of the time. Everybody still with me? Y'all good? Okay. The third kind of presence is manifest presence. Manifest presence. The manifest presence, it means that God shows up to a person for a purpose, okay? Manifest presence mean that, means that God is showing up to a particular person or for a certain person for a certain time, okay? For a certain purpose, all right? So we've got the omnipresence, which means God is everywhere all the time. We've got the indwelling presence, which means that God is in me all the time. But there's also something significant um, that is a little, bit, a little bit different called the manifest presence. And it means that God is in a certain person for a certain purpose or a certain time. I've got one more. Here's the fourth one. The fourth one is called the evidential presence. And you can kind of see the word evidence um, in that. So the evidential presence of God, it just means that there are moments when God decides to show up and everybody can tell. 
These are those moments when there's a burning bush. And anybody who had been around could have seen uh, God showing up in that moment. This is, you know, the fourth person in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is, there's a story in the Bible where God's hand writes on a wall. And everyone in the room can see it. Okay? Even if they're not believers, whether they're believers or not, it is evident that God's presence is there. And the, the purpose or the meaning behind evidential presence is that God is in a certain place for a certain purpose, or God is in a certain place at a certain time. Okay? Does this make sense? Okay? I want to explain it one more way, um, just, just to help clarify. So my husband, Jason, he loves me all of the time. When we got married, he said, I do, I will love you forever and always until the day that you die or I die. Okay? Um, and, and no matter if he is in Australia or um, we're in our house together or he, wherever he is, he loves me all of the time, wherever he is, no matter what, okay? But he also is, it, it, when he's with me, he might give me a hug or he might be, um, we, we might go on a date together and, and we're there together side by side and, and I feel that he loves me, Okay? Um, there are other times when he wants to show me that he loves me, and so he might buy me flowers. That would be awesome. Um, or he might, you know, pick out a great outfit, or he might, you know, sing me a song or something like that. Okay? But there's also times that he might make a public show of his love. He might um, tell someone else that he loves me, or he might um, post it on, you know, social media or something like that. The point is, there are multiple facets to love. Does that make sense? Okay? And so uh, I, want, I, want, I want us to, to kind of fine-tune this and figure this out today. But why did I just spend all of that time explaining it to you? Here's why. Because Psalm 1611 says this, In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. So if we want to figure out how to find joy, I think one of the major keys for us is that we need to figure out how to find God's presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. When we find joy, there is a deep, like, in your gut, amazing satisfaction. It's, it's much more than kind of a quick, fleeting hit of happiness, if you will. Joy is something that the Bible says can only come from the Lord. And so when we seek Jesus, we find joy, not just one time, but over and over again in our lives. The more that we can enter into God's presence, the more joy we can experience in our lives. Listen, the reason that Christmas is a big deal is because Jesus gave us a way to have God present in our life all of the time. Jesus gave us the ability to have God present all of the time. So, we're going to read two different stories from the Bible today that show us the joy that we can have when we experience God's presence. The first uh, story is a part of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. It's, if you were here last week, we're going to kind of pick right back up 
Uh, but if you've also got it on your sermon guide. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 1. At this point in the story, Mary knows that she's expecting. She knows that she's pregnant. Okay? The angel has already come and gone. And Mary is going to go and hang out with her Aunt Elizabeth for a couple of months until she figures all of this out. All right, and that is what is happening right here. So in verse 39, it says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill, uh, the hill country of Judea. She entered uh, Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Quick reminder, okay, Elizabeth and Zachariah, they're also going to have a baby. They're actually related to Mary and Joseph, all right, if you're kind of tracking with that whole story, okay? So Elizabeth is expecting a baby. Mary walks into the room, and the baby leaps. It's pretty miraculous. Don't, don't miss that, okay? It also says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for what? Joy. Leaped for joy. The baby in her womb leaped for joy. Listen, it is crazy to think about that a woman who's expecting walks into a room and another woman who is expecting that there is a response. Something inside uh, reminds her that there is life. And it is, it is excited and, and coming alive. Um, listen, this is also a big deal because up until this point, no one in history has had God inside of them. God's presence inside of them. Think about that. Abraham had this amazing relationship with God, okay? God was giving him instructions, and they were in this major awesome covenant together. But God was not inside Abraham. Noah was given instructions um, and really basically saved humanity because of God's, uh, you know, relationship with him. But Noah didn't have God inside of him. Moses, it says that God talked to Moses face to face the way that friends talk. But Moses did not have God inside of him. Christmas changes all of that. Mary is the first person to ever have God present inside of her body. Inside of her. The reason that we read this story is because I want you to notice what happens when Jesus is present in the room. This is the first account of Jesus as a human. Even though he's only a tiny fetus inside of Mary. And that's crazy to think about. Mary hadn't even had a chance to post her Instagram photos yet. Okay? This is like baby, baby, baby. Like, like, like peanut baby. Okay? But the presence of Jesus is so miraculous and such a big deal that when he walks into a room, another baby leaps. Another some other person recognizes it, and it's a big deal. This is so crazy, okay? This is so crazy. But let me ask you this question, okay? When was the last time that you experienced God in a way that it made you leap? It made something inside of you come alive. 
That's what I want us to think about as we're, we're continuing on today. I want us to look at one more story in the Old Testament. It's from Samuel chapter 2. And it's about King David. Um, this is the same king, the same David, uh, who as a boy killed Goliath. Okay, And I want you to know why we're reading this story. The phrase leaped for joy that we just saw in Luke is the exact same phrase that's used when King David has one of the best days of his life. Let's read this story, and I want, I want to see if we can put all of this together. It's on your sermon guide if you want to check it out. Okay? 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of a ram's horn. When it says that David danced before the Lord, that is the exact type of wording that is used when it describes Elizabeth's baby leaping for joy. Now, we know that Elizabeth was leaping for joy because Jesus walked into the room. But why in the world is David leaping for joy? This is going to sound crazy when I tell you, okay? But David was leaping for joy because he had a golden box called the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Lord. It's crazy, but you can read about it all throughout the Old Testament. And essentially, this golden box, okay, had God's presence inside of it. All right, so I want, you to, I want you to get this. I want you to think about this. There's a box, and God was in the box. This is, this is nuts, all right? But that's the way that it was. It's the way that God set it up, all right? And wherever that box was in the world, that's where God was. That's where God's presence was, okay? So just imagine David, this guy who loves the Lord, Okay, he, he, he's going to go get the box and he's bringing it back to his hometown. It had gotten taken away. It's a crazy long story. Go check it out. Okay, this is also the same box, by the way, that Indiana Jones was looking for, if y'all know that. Okay, that's, it. That's, what that, that's what that is. All right, so we've got this box. And on this day, David has gone to go get the box. And it is, he took 30,000 men with him. Like that's what, how big of a deal it was. All right, he's like got the whole army and he's like, come on, let's go. Today's the day. So he gets this box, and he's losing his mind. If we want to get, like, super technical, he's actually dancing, like, in his underwear in front of the box. Okay, that's what the Bible says. So again, it's read, read it. Go, go read it. It's awesome. All right? Maybe you're thinking, what in the world? Like, why the overkill? Like, why, in, why is he going nuts? All right? Why is this such a big deal? He's dancing in front of of a box. But I think if we were willing to be honest, some of us get a little crazy in front of a box too. Okay? Some of us might not look like this box, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but some of us, the box is on a wall and when our team hits the three-pointer, we're ready to dance and jump and leap and shout and get excited, and it's a huge deal, yeah, okay? Maybe for some of us, the box is a little smaller, and it's black and velvety, and it opens like this, 
and we're waiting on somebody to say, will you marry me? And when that happens, we're going to dance and jump and leave and get excited in front of this box. Okay. Maybe some of us, it really is just as simple as we're waiting on the UPS guy to pull into the driveway because there's a box that we're excited about. <laughs> Woo! Okay. We get excited. We get excited. Okay. But what if I walked up to you today and handed you this box and I told you, God's in this box. He's in here. And you took the box home and you set it in your bedroom and you knew that God was in that box. I wonder who you would let sleep in your bed. If I gave you the box and you knew that God's presence was in the box and it was sitting on your kitchen counter, I wonder how we would talk to our kids. I wonder if our friend called us on the phone and they were really struggling. And you said, why don't you come over to my house? I've got a box with God inside of it. How would our lives how could our lives be different? I wonder if we would pray differently, knowing that God was right there. Maybe we would hold the box in our lap while we prayed. Maybe we would take the lid off and, 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 and have a totally different type of faith or belief. But I'll tell you one thing I know that you'd have. Joy. Because you've got God and his presence right here. Well, I have um, some bad news for you today. I don't have a box with God's presence in it. But I have really good news. You're the box. Because when Christmas happened and Jesus came, it was the first time in history that God's presence could be inside of us. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Some of y'all are like, man, that changes everything. And you should feel that way. Christmas changed everything. God said, you don't need a box anymore. I'm changing it up. And because of my son, I get to be inside every single believer if we really recognize that, I wonder if we would walk into work differently, knowing that we're carrying God's presence. If we really took that seriously, I wonder how we'd show up to family Christmas where things are a little bit crazy and there's some rough relationships and there's some long time hurt if we knew that we were walking in with God's presence. So I've started asking myself, Andrea, when you walk into the room because of God's presence inside of you, is there peace in the room? Is there joy in the room? Is there faith in the room? Because that's what we have the ability to bring. We get to be the box and we get to walk around with God's presence inside of us. And I just wonder, do we recognize it? I want to end by reading this story. 
This is an excerpt from the book called Everybody Always by Bob Goff. He says, I'm always in a hurry. I put my socks on two at a time. I lace up my tennis shoes while I run to save a couple of minutes. I order sushi at restaurants so I don't have to wait for them to cook the fish. And I don't even like sushi. When I'm not in a hurry, I spend my time being impatient. It's so extreme, sometimes I think I make my coffee nervous. While living my life this way uh, has worked for me, I started to wonder how it was working for the people around me. So I asked them, do you know what I found out? My impatience was driving them nuts. A few weeks after I asked the question, I found beautiful kid, a beautiful kid's book that changed everything. It was a book about buckets, and its premise was simple. We will become in our lives what we put in our buckets. I knew I needed to fill mine with patience. I decided to put the book to the test, so I went to the hardware store and literally bought a metal bucket. I carried it with me everywhere. It was a three-week experiment. The bucket was made of galvanized aluminum, and it had a wire handle. I looked like a dairy farmer. I took my bucket with me in cars, on sailboats, in subways, everywhere. People on airplanes asked if I had a bladder problem. <laughs> Actually, I said jokingly, I do. But then I would say, I have an even bigger problem. I am really impatient. I let them know how I use the bucket as a reminder to fill my life with patience every day. If we fill our buckets with a bunch of business deals, we will become businessmen. If we fill them with arguments, we will become lawyers. If we fill them with a critical spirit, we will become cynics. If we fill them with joy, we will experience tremendous happiness. I don't have a bucket to give you today, but I wonder what would happen if we really believed that God was giving us a box. And if we dared to unwrap it and open the box that God would be present in our lives. I bet if we lived our life and went through our day really believing that God was present, that we would experience fullness of joy. God sent Jesus so that we could have him present. And it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. Would you stand to your feet? I have been praying for you all week long that you would be so filled with faith, that you would be so encouraged that God is real and that he is present and that you can have him inside of you all the time. When you feel like you're lacking joy, when you feel like you're lacking faith or peace, when you're discouraged, that you can say, God, I know you're inside of me. And your word says that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Would you close your eyes and kind of bow your head and just, let's have just this moment right here. <laughs>